Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just jumping into it, yeah? Like a bouncy castle. Okay. Off the roof. Gainer! <laughs> that was combining two different, two different yeah. warehouse jump moments. No band-aids, no top scum. <laughs> this castle is choice. Top <laughs> scum. <laughs> Another combination of moments. Well done there. Yeah. I like that. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundermip. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundermip. Then the people purchase paper, people Dundermip. Then the people purchase paper, people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and Rice Rani, Edwin Janes. And with us, as, as always, is our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I am a victim of a hate crime. Stanley knows what I'm talking about. That's not what a hate crime is. Well, I hated it. <laughs> hey, how's it going, Edwin? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Oh, a lot better now that Sean isn't here. <laughs> no, uh, we miss Sean. He's obviously, you can tell he's not on the show today. Uh, uh, work schedules have resumed for Sean. He's, he had some overlapping pro- work projects. He's just been totally slammed. We, we were pushing back this recording over and over until it was like, all right, can't do it this week. So he'll be back. He'll be back next week. But Edward, just Edwin and I today. But hey, every week, at least two of us get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. And this week, it's another voicemail bag. Yes, we've had a crazy backlog of voicemails. And we know that we did one not that long ago. So we hope you're not too bummed. But we do really like doing the voicemail episodes because they're just a lot of fun to do. It gives us a chance to engage with everyone a little bit more directly. It takes us all over the show, which is something that, of course, I really love is just just kind of bouncing around uh, from different topics. And we've done so much mailbag. uh, We've taken so much of that mailbag sort of angle of the show to the Patreon that it's fun to bring that back into the main feed. Yeah, I think of it like we've we've always talked about how much we'd like a shuffle button on Netflix for The Office. Mm -hmm. That's what these voicemails episodes are. They're a bit of a shuffle. They're jumping all over seasons, all over topics. Usually we stick with one arc, one episode, one season, one character, something like that. But, uh, but we just have so many. And uh, yeah, so we, we got we to start getting rid of these. Think uh, of this episode as Michael's attention span. All over the place, hard to corral. Yes. Uh, but when you get it, it's very focused. And some of them are dusty. They've been sitting in the inbox for a while, just like the complaint box. <laughs> oh, that guy was weird. All right. Uh, where should we start here? Let's just dive in. Oh, we will have some trivia, by the way, at the end of this. I still got trivia for you because people are still great about sending those in. Um, all right, yeah, let's let's just jump into these. Um, let's start. Ruh, let's ruh, ruh, ruh. <laughs> I always love that moment when <laughs> at the end of Andy's play, when they talk about mixing that orange juice that they got. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Ruh, 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 ruh. God. I, do you want to go from oldest to newest or newest to oldest? Uh, surprise me. Ooh. All right. Then we're going to be mixing it up here. Let's start here with Xavier in Alaska. Shout out to Xavier. That's my confirmation name from Catholic school. So we have that in common. Here we go. Hey, guys. My name is Xavier. I'm calling from Wasilla, Alaska. Uh, just started listening to your podcast recently. 
actually found it because of the Office Ladies podcast, uh, coincidentally. Um, I know that they're your competition. But uh, I was just listening to your episode about Andy, and one thing that bugs me so much about that season when he is back at Denver for Midland season nine, and he leaves on the boat trip for three months. Uh, maybe you've answered this question or not, but uh, how is it that David Wallace did not pick up on the fact that he was gone? I've worked in corporate jobs before, and <laughs> there's enough uh, interaction between a branch manager and his boss that I think that David Wallace would have clued in a lot sooner. Anyway, don't know if that's ever crossed your mind, but would love to hear your take on it. Okay. Thank you, Xavier. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that question. I think uh, it's, it is a fair question. Um, <laughs> And they kind of explain it away with emails where Andy says, Oscar says hi. Oscar says hi all the time. Right. Uh, I, I would attribute it to the fact that they, they talk about how the branch did so well while Andy is gone. And I imagine if you're David Wallace, you're used to things not going well under your regional manager at Dunner Mifflin or having to be involved day to day with the uh, operations of the branch, whether it's Michael's entire tenure or Dwight shooting a gun. Uh, there's uh, always something going on with the regional manager at Dunder Mifflin. Um, not that all those happen under David Wallace's purview, but uh, I imagine he likes the piece of quiet when he can get it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, I think Michael assaulted David Wallace so much with calls and emails and fake emergencies that once Michael left, he's like, I'm just going to, if they get in touch with me, if Andy wants to talk, great. Otherwise, I'm, I'm taking this break. Uh, also, I don't know. I mean, David, uh, who knows? Maybe David Wallet isn't as good of a boss as we thought. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. He just wanted a break from, from anything. David, guess who I am sitting here dressed up as? I'm not going <laughs> to guess, Michael. <laughs> That's what he's in the Jesus. He turns sad yeah, into Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I wish he would have taken he a guess. leopards. Well, what would, David, what would David have guessed? He should have guessed someone. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll think about that one. All right, let's go to another one. Uh, yeah, thank you, Xavier. Uh, let's jump over to Julie from Kentucky. Hi, guys. It's Julie. From, I'm calling from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, I love you guys' podcast. It got me through my summer job. It's now getting me through my college job. I love it so much. Employed. I was calling because I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on office-inspired um, music. Specifically, of course, there's that like really famous Billie Eilish song that has Kevin in it. But there's also some really interesting like art pieces and songs. One of my favorite is um, call, is from a band called AJR, and they did a whole song about how the office like almost mimics their life and their life experiences. Um, I love you. Yes, it's been such a big part of your life. I would just like to hear about um, if you guys have sought out any of that media and what you guys think about those medias. Thank you guys so much. Um, have a great day. Well, first, thank you for the question. Uh, I love the zing and the pep. Uh, a lot of zing, a lot of pep. A lot of yep. zing, a lot of pep. I think uh, I love to see it. I think it's always great to see the office sort of remixed and reimagined in different ways like that. Um, I do think we've done, or we've looked at the AJR song on this podcast. Yes, we have. We've played um, it before. Yeah. Um, there's that Post Malone line, you know, stack of paper, call me Michael Scott. Mm -hmm. uh, there, the, it comes up from time to time. And I generally love to see it. I think whenever you can remix that or bring in samples. I mean, one of the things that I think is fun from our show is, is the drops and the ability to just mix in random quotes or sayings and stuff and kind of bring that instant recognition to whatever is uh, whatever you're listening to. So uh, I really love it. And I'm kind of interested to see what more comes out of it. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, we have talked about all the songs before. What I just wanted to remind people of, we did early on and someone sent us um, some links to someone on YouTube named Michael Scott, but with a dollar sign for the S in Scott who does these incredible punk covers. Um, oh, yeah. Because it's actually like somewhat original music, but they, they're using the exact lines and words and dialogue from the show as the lyrics to the song. It is so well done and it's so <laughs> yeah. well executed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my favorite Office-related music. And I still, 
I still sing the hook from Diversity Day in my in my head the way he sings it. So uh, go on YouTube, Michael Scott, dollar sign for the S, and uh, and check those out. So. I'm thinking now too. There's a song from the the hip hop group People Under the Stairs. I think it is oh, where they open. Deep they cut, open, Edwin. Yeah, uh, wow. they. I was hearing about them when in like when I was in school in Bellingham way back yeah, when, yeah. and I had some like real underground hip hop heads being like, "Yo, you heard the people People Under the Stairs." Nice. Yeah, they had some really, really, they were really good, sam- really good at sampling. Um, uh-huh. But one of their songs begins with a quote from Dwight where he's talking about, those are the money beats. The kind of beats oh, you nice. pull over and say, I got to check these beats out. <laughs> Does a big drum fill come in? Because that, that would yeah, be sweet. Yeah, and it kicks off the song, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Julie. Uh, yeah, if there's other office music we haven't heard about, uh, let us know. And if you already have sent us in and we missed it, then try Try again. Sorry. <laughs> a lot of stuff to we, sift We're through. trying. Yeah. We're, we're trying. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying. Uh, all right. Let's go to Glory from Los Angeles. Hey, guys. My name is Glory, and I live in sunny Los Angeles. I love your podcast. I discovered it, I don't know, maybe sometime last month, and I've just been listening to every single episode, and I love you guys. You're hilarious. And you guys have, like, refuels the fire that I have for the show, which never really dies, so you just made the obsession work. But anyway, I love that you guys do these <laughs> episode ones, and I just have to beat you guys because you haven't done Fun Run yet, and um, Fun Run is my favorite episode, and I would love for you to sit just and enjoy your comment on one of the best hour-long episodes in television. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, Thanks, Glory. That's amazing. Yeah, appreciate so it. Yeah, we we we've had I, at some point probably every episode recommended that we do an episode about it uh, by this point. But Fun Run is it's become a catchphrase on the show that we oh, say yeah, so four, much. Episode one. Anytime we say that's a fun one, it comes up, and that's all the time. Uh, so sorry, Glory. I don't think we're ever going to do Fun Run. <laughs> we're just going to keep mentioning it, just like that. You don't got to do them like that. Yeah, never going to happen. No, no, nah, no, of course we will. Of course we will. We've talked about also doing like a episode just about first episodes or, or like season opener. Wait, we did that. We did that. <laughs> did see, oh my God, dude. That was in January. Oh, it was a new year. What a fucking year, man. <laughs> Jesus, we've already done it. <laughs> we did it, yeah. We already did uh, that. Well, uh, <laughs> Glory, let's refer you to that episode. We've done a lot with season four, I think. That's one that comes up quite a bit for us because, I mean, obviously, um, that's a, that has some personal favorite episodes like Money for You, Alex. And uh, I think th- th- those come up quite a bit just because they're hour-longs. And I think we'll for sure get to it. I, uh, I'm excited to talk about it because I remember that's a very specific time and place episode for me as well. I remember uh, going into that season and watching with a bunch of people and not really knowing what was going to happen um, with Jim and Pam, they had ended, of course, with, uh, with Jim asking Pam on a date, but at the end of the job in season three. So interested right. to see how that played out. Um, but I, uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it at some point. I can't believe I forgot we already did that. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is just a hot bowl of soup. Uh, all right, let's go. It's a good uh, thing we're all soup snakes. Uh, let's cross the Pacific here and hear from Stephanie in Okinawa, Japan. Oh, wow. Hi, this is Stephanie from Okinawa, Japan. Um, I'm overseas with the milkers. Um, I just wanted to say that I really love your guys' show. I started watching at the beginning of, or listening really, at the beginning of 2020. Um, I had just given birth, and uh, I gave birth while I was laboring. I watched The Office, and my uh, experience is up in dramatic, and I couldn't watch The Office for a long time because of it. So I found a podcast and it really helped me um, because I love The Office so much, but I couldn't bear to watch it for a while and it was a good way to connect back to The Office. Um, my question would be, what would The Office look like if Jim took the corporate job instead of Brian? Um, I just thought that would be an interesting thing to think on the theory. Anyway, love the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, thank you. Shout out to the troops, huh? Yes. Little D'Angelo, I, Michael. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. 
<laughs> the troops. Um, but yes, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think we might have talked about this at some point before. Uh, or we talked about why I didn't Karen get the job. Now <laughs> like suddenly why? you're doubting yourself because of the last question. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, nothing before. is certain in this world anymore. <laughs> I, we've talked about like, yeah, what if Karen has a sales background and is pretty good at her job? Like, why did she get the, why did she, would, she didn't get the gig over Ryan who has no experience other than going to business school. Um, but Jim getting the job. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Jim, it seemed like Jim uh, was a very strong candidate for the job based on his rapport with David Wallace and how well the interview seemed to be going uh, in, in that episode. It, it is interesting to think about what that would have been like to see, try to see Jim maybe be, I wonder if Jim would be as strict with Michael or try to corral Michael in the same way that Ryan did. If Ryan or if Michael would be as sort of disrespectful um, to Jim, I wonder how much he sees Jim as his protege. I imagine he does a little bit, but not maybe nearly to the same extent that he does with Ryan. Mm -hmm. I would like to hear the voicemails that Michael would inevitably leave for Jim. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> At six six from the University of North Carolina. <laughs> Jim Halpert. Oh God. Halpert. All right. those, I, I, if there was a fake voicemail line, you could just call and listen to uh, Michael Scott messages. I'd, I, I'd pay for that service. <laughs> I think I, Jim is pursued by corporate higher-ups so much in the show, uh, mostly by Joe, by David. We see them constantly. Like It seems like they're all just waiting for Jim to become a manager. Um, everyone except Jim, and Jim keeps turning. The, I mean, we're kind of led to believe Jim – withdraws from the, the New York opportunity, right? Yes. He says, I, I withdrew my name for consideration. Right. So would Jim and Karen be living in New York together? If he got the job? Like, if he would have broke, would he not broken up with Karen? And like, they just, she would have yeah, moved to New York Karen too? Karen said she moved for Jim. Yeah. And she did. I mean, she I went know. to Scranton. I don't know. It opens it's, a big can of worms as far it's as- It's a huge can of worms. Um, would we assume that Ryan then takes the place of- Jim yeah. back at Scranton, or at least at his desk. Yeah, I think so. Following starts making moves on Pam like crazy. Starts being a real weirdo. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it wouldn't have worked for the show unless you could somehow. The only way you could maybe make it work is like Pam applies to art school and starts going. And like they, Jim and Pam reunite in New York. And they have like one semester where she's at school and he's in New York and that's when they start dating mm -hmm. and then they go back to Scranton together. You would still need to resolve Jim and Karen or that that's, that's the one thing that seems like it would be difficult for the show to figure out what happens with Jim and Karen. If Karen presumably moves to New York. But one thing that I was thinking about with this question is I, I think I am also interested in what would have happened if Jim had accepted the job from Joe. Jim Halpert, the only man to ever turned me down. I think there would be something really interesting about watching him move into that managerial spot, which he's already been in season six as a co-manager. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason I'm excited by that, that possibility or what that would be is because the cast is so much more developed at that point. Like we have a better sense of Andy and Aaron and Gabe and Dwight is a little bit in a different form. He's a different beast in season seven. And I would just like to see Jim try to keep that all together. I think we see a glimpse of it in um, the search committee when they're all just kind of yelling at Jim. He's trying to get everyone's uh, like attention or trying to talk to them about the, about the candidates. And somebody's like, why don't we take a vote? And he's, well, it's not a, it's not a vote. What are we even talking mm -hmm. about? I know. <laughs> but Jim, Jim doesn't want to be manager. Okay. He just wants to own his own company. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, Okay, let's move on here to Andrew from South Dakota. Hello, this is Andrew from uh, South Dakota, Sioux Falls. I just had a fun would-you-rather question. Um, would you rather see a scene of Michael and Jan in, like, a therapy session, or would you rather have a scene of Michael putting on a show with his sketch improv comedy group? Uh, that's all. I really like the podcast. Thank you, guys. Man, that's a really good would you rather. Andrew, that's a great would you rather. It's just two sides of the spectrum there. When you laugh immediately at both of the options, it's it's, it's a good one. Uh, It'd be equally uncomfortable, but like one's supposed to be funny, one not. I guess 
it would be about whether you prefer the long, drawn-out awkwardness of Michael performing in a sketch and completely ruining and derailing the sketch versus Michael and Jan and a doctor trying to cord or a therapist or whatever trying to coordinate the conversation between them. I think I would take the therapy session. I would too for the fact that we already sort of get their improv show. I mean, obviously they're in class, but we do see Michael with his improv group, you know, holding everyone up with a gun. Yeah, Ken Jeong. Uh, yeah. Ken Jeong's there. We, like we, we, we see them performing at least. So it's not like we get nothing. If we, if we'd ever just heard about Michael's improv group and never seen them, I would want to see the improv group, but because we see it. Yeah. Give me, give me a, a B storyline of Michael and Jan trying to make it work with a the therapist question. Edwin, who do you cast as that therapist? Um, that's a good question. I got one. Who do you got? Uh, Brian Cranston in like peak, this would be peak breaking bad years. Okay. If he took a break to do one episode as a very serious, very involved therapist with the two of them, I think it would have been a, a great meeting of, of TV shows. It would need to be someone who could play it very seriously. Uh, yeah. Who's also very good at comedy, which yeah. would be Brian Cranston. My head is going to like Megan Mullally. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, someone, someone who's serious but funny. You could also go the route of someone who's just like new or completely ineffectual and Jan is owning them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking like um, uh, Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock, someone like that. <laughs> I think, you know, who's, who's like trying to control it and Jan is just like, you shut up and then talking to Michael and it just goes completely awry. I will say I would prefer it if it was somebody who is not already a very famous actor or actress. I think there was a lot of sort of stunt mm. cameo on The Office late in the run where it was a big deal that ex-celebrity was going to do a guest role. Like I think, for example, oh, what about this? Tig Notaro. Who, who came in in season <laughs> nine, who came in in season nine as the, what, Tiffy's mom. And yeah. all she said was, uh, you do good you know, work. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter beat up a fancy gentleman. Uh, if maybe you make, <laughs> man, I know I said no stunt casting, but she would be really good as a therapist. Yeah. And it'd be funny to bring her back later. Mm-hmm. As, and then like a flash of recognition. Uh, although Michael was gone by that point, but it would have been funny to connect those dots. Yeah. Yeah. Tig Notaro. Great call. Really dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty uninvolved. How does that make you uncaring. feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And you? What if it was Toby? <laughs> ah, trying <laughs> as, a, as a moonlighting uh, marriage therapist. Trying to balance uh, Jan and Michael. That would be amazing. And I just want to see Michael's face when they open the door. And it's Toby <laughs> sitting there. It's Toby. <laughs> he does another no. <laughs> And like, like, like Jan wouldn't know, like, like Toby, what are you doing here? Michael would react like, like a caged animal. <laughs> He'd be like, well, Jan, you don't pay me enough. So I have to do this. And then they just walk out. Maybe that's the whole scene. They, ne- they never go to therapy because it was Toby. Uh, thank you. That's a great. Yes. Thank you, Andrew. Would you rather, Andrew? Um, okay. Moving on to Alyssa from California. Hey guys, this is Alicia calling from California. I love the podcast. I have three quick things I wanted to say. Number one, in your D'Angelo arc episode last week, you mentioned that D'Angelo having the big solo in the Rent song during Michael's last Dundee seemed out of character. But I always assumed that the office staff had practiced the song on their own and D'Angelo got caught up in the moment and burst in with the solo unexpectedly. I imagine that it was supposed to be sung by someone else, maybe a big Andy falsetto moment or something. Number two, question, why does Dwight work at Dunder Mifflin? Fact, he owns a large, seemingly <laughs> successful beet farm, so he probably doesn't need an office job. But in a return in season three, after he leaves Dunder Mifflin, he has a job hunting montage and ends up taking a sales job at Staples. I would love to see an episode explaining how Dwight got his job and why he's so passionate about paper. Number three, in season nine, episode 14, Vandalism, I always thought it was surprising that Brian the Boom Operator was fired for protecting Pam from Frank. If he hadn't stepped in, would the camera crew have filmed Pam being attacked? It seems unlikely. I did love your suggestion that Dwight could have stepped in since he was helping Pam earlier in the episode. I'm 
curious to hear your take on this, assuming Dwight was unavailable. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Elisa. Yeah, thank you. What Wait, a, there's a lot there. I, uh, yeah. I'm thinking, um, to quote Gabe, what a rich timber your voice has. <laughs> this is a very well, uh, very well uh, done voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there were some bullet, uh, some like bullet points jotted down. That was that was great. Yeah, uh, let's go through them. Let's start with the, the D'Angelo singing. That's a good call. I hadn't thought about that. I think uh, in the moment that D'Angelo was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Michael this gift," because Michael tried to coach me and and get rid of my own fears. Um, I if it had supposed to have been Andy, Andy would have been so upset that D'Angelo took it over. <laughs> like de- just dejected that he took his moment away from him. I do. There is that sort of sense when somebody starts to, somebody's overcome in the moment and, and does something like that. Everyone just kind of sits back and watches. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of that energy going on. So that's, that's a good way to read that. Yeah. And people look at him like they are kind of like, well, wow. Like he's really going for it. Well, so that could be the case. And D'Angelo is so hesitant to perform and be on stage. Mm-hmm. Dwight accuses him of having microphonophobia. So mm-hmm. there's, uh, it is interesting to see him step up and, and, and deliver the big solo. Uh, all right, go on to Dwight, who doesn't need to work for Dunder Mifflin, which is a good point, something we've mentioned before. Uh, I don't know how profitable a beet farm is uh, in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, I, it seems like if they're just a small one-crop farm, it might not be enough. But also, I'm guessing Dwight is living rent free i mean his family owns the land they own the house i'm sure i'm sure by this point they own it outright so yeah i i think that's it just goes back to sort of a lot of the hypocrisy of dwight who <laughs> fancies himself as a pretty strong capable all these things but time and again we see when he's actually when push comes to shove put to the test he's not really all he says he is it sounds like a concept um, episode the hypocrisy of dwight <laughs> the hypocrisy of dwight and you know like like I just I just rewatched the fight and it's like okay so Dwight's been studying karate and he he doesn't even know how to, he can't even fight Michael at all like he can't even throw a proper punch against Michael uh, Dwight doesn't really know what he's talking about most of the time but he likes to pretend he does and so it would make sense that he has a job that he himself wouldn't respect I will say uh, that the, is, is my guess the scene the scenes of Dwight practicing martial arts with the kids is one of the funniest enduring scenes of the in the whole series it uh, really is. I, I do, we've talked about this, uh, but the, the question about how does a farm actually operate when it seems like only Mose and Dwight live there and work there. Um, mm-hmm. So you wonder, it's not, it doesn't seem to be a huge money-making operation. Uh, I wonder no. how many- And Mose doesn't seem like that competent of a, of a farmhand. Yeah. You know, I've lived with you for all these years and I've never once seen you go to work. <laughs> 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 or I guess Zeke uh. talks about how they were together. We were yeah. in the shower. We were all together. It was a cow shower. Uh, but we know that Moe's is very plugged into Dwight's situation because all he needs is one phone call from Dwight when he says, guess where I am? And we hear Moe's just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I love that moment that like they have planned this like Moe's. One day if I call you from work, it's because I'm the boss there. And they both have some kind of stake in that happening. Uh. But yeah, I, I do think that Dwight does it for the love. Dwight loves being a paper salesman. There's something that he he's just truly invested in this company and in this industry that I think is one of the most endearing, redeeming qualities for Dwight. Uh, in this, this group, Michael loves the people and he loves sales, but Dwight loves the work. He loves, this, he loves selling uh, the paper and he loves being a salesman. I think specifically of paper. When he does mm-hmm. that job hunt, it's not as if, we see him going to sell different kinds of like a different industry to be, to be in sales for something else. He's, he's not going to Santa Coy steel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Knocking on the door. Right. He's, he wants to be uh, adjacent to paper. Yeah. I, you know, it does make sense that, that he, he would choose paper as like an, a very elemental of the earth product. That's like, this is how the world works. Like you, paper is such a basic thing. It does fit with, Dwight's practicality. There's no doubt. Hey, paper is um, the, bread, the sh- bread of the food industry. You write your sandwich on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, I, I think, while I do think you could probably have Dwight selling just about anything and he'd probably have the same fervor. Um, I think a, a young Dwight who applied for this job and probably needed more money than a beet farm was providing um, 
took this and then fell in love with paper because he wanted to be good at his job and he wanted to get a pat on the head from his boss, which he does. You wonder what Dwight's real ambitions are. I, I'm thinking of Aunt Shirley calling him Big City Dwight. And mm-hmm. what, what is Dwight's dream? What, what is his ultimate ambition? Is it, is it to be in the city and have a corporate job and, and do this? Or is it to own the farm? Uh, we don't seem to know, but he has them both. Maybe, maybe having both is the dream. I think power is his dream. Yeah. <laughs> I think like he's in charge of Moe's and that doesn't satisfy him at the farm. So he's like, he wants to be in a place he can ascend a ladder. You know, he's commanded vast virtual armies and that's, <laughs> that's know, not that's enough. Right. Thirst. Now that's a show. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. It's, he's a bit of a conundrum, mm-hmm. but it, it's funny. You mentioned, uh, his dream because like we see that we see michael trying to talk dwight into taking the blame and getting fired <laughs> yeah remember and he's like you got your farm you can settle down and he's he's trying to sort of appeal to this uh pastoral he's side all of cooped dwight. up and, in the office yeah yeah you should fly and, and it's uh, dwight clearly is like no that's no i want to be here and i want to be in power mm-hmm. so he's kind of terrifying in that way thank god he only wants to sell paper <laughs> all right Moving on. We have a third part Let's of this question. It. We have a third question. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's about Brian. Who cares? Well, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Brian, the boom operator. Yeah. Why was he fired? My guess is uh, to Elisa's point, I don't think it doesn't make sense that he would get fired for intervening. It, you would see, you would think that stopping violence would be enough Um and it's all on tape. Yeah. It's not like it's, it's up for debate. You wonder if there wasn't something that happened in the struggle after. I don't know. That would be my only thought for it. Um, because the other thing is we do see uh, there are a couple times where like the camera crew doesn't stop Dwight from terrorizing Jim. Um, doesn't stop Kevin from dying in a car. Yeah. But I, I don't he, think yeah, it, it, it seems strange that he would face repercussions for, for protecting Pam. Like why? Yeah, why would you fire someone over that? But yeah, it's almost like that whole storyline is just doesn't quite land. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Eric from Toronto. Hey guys, this is Eric Hoffman from Toronto. Just listened to the fire uh, episode of your podcast. Wanted to thank you again for months of enjoyment. I started listening to your podcast at the beginning of the pandemic in early March, and I caught up by the time I got to pool party. And I've been anxiously awaiting every Wednesday for your new release ever since. So thank you so much for all that entertainment and insight. That's awesome. Thank you so much. A uh, couple of things about this episode, The Fire. I read that uh, the firemen outfits were actually Scranton firemen outfits. They actually authenticated that. They got real Scranton firemen outfits for the episode. Also, apparently it was filmed in 100-degree weather, but the cast was shivering. They had to make it look like they were cold for some reason. That's interesting. But they were shivering. So some interesting tidbits on Wikipedia. And the other thing I wanted to mention was your choice of movies. Nobody picked anything before (laughs) the 1980s. I'm kind of in my mid-50s, guys, so I think I have a little bit of an older sensibility at times. But uh, nobody picked The Godfather or Jaws or anything by Steven Spielberg or even oldies. Like, come on, if you're on a desert island, you need some uh, classic entertainment too. So why is that? Nobody in their 30s does that. But anyway, you guys are really entertaining. You really uh, go together really well. Um, Sean, I'm sure your Ryan is better than the one on the show. (laughs) My least favorite character. I'm glad you're married to a nice Ryan. Anyway, I've rambled on long enough. Have a great day, guys. And look forward to the podcast next Wednesday. Take care. Oh, thanks, Eric. Yeah, thanks, Eric. That's a, that, was a great, that was a really good voicemail. That was a good one. Uh, uh, that's cool about the actual uh, firemen's uniforms. I had never uh, heard that. But I not like I could tell you different municipal fireman outfits from a, from a lineup but they yeah. do have a really good attention to detail for that kind of thing on the show i they do you hear we hear from people that live in the area or from uh pa that like they've got that they do have a good attention to detail for little snacks and things in the kitchen and i think sean talked about them going to or soliciting from local businesses different things to use on set flyers a bunch and, of flyers yeah. yeah coupons right um as for the movies yeah you're right i guess we didn't pick anything 
that old. The the funny thing about that question is it's not uh, we we were a little under the gun for it, uh, so it's not like I put it. <laughs> I didn't deliberate over this list for a long time. It was just movies that felt like they had a lot of replay value because they're on a desert island. Uh, I don't know, like I don't know about you, Alex, but those aren't like my five favorite movies ever. I just figured if I was stranded no. on a desert island, I could watch them for a long time. Um, it is funny that you, I don't want to oh, bring yeah. the I don't want to bring the best movies. I want to bring the ones I can watch over and over and over and over again. Exactly. I, uh, it is funny that you mentioned Jaws, though, because I talked to one of our friends, uh, and that was the first movie he came up with, was the one that he wanted mm-hmm. for Desert Island. So uh, I think it's just a matter of you know, different taste, I guess. But, um, but that's true that we I'm didn't not, pick anything too old, or that much older or from the 80s. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking Jaws on an island. Like I'm looking at ocean all day. I'm not taking Jaws. It's going to freak me out from trying to build a boat and escape mm-hmm. so i'm not doing that but yeah i mean like it best like re, like yeah. what's re, jaws like a, cast away the first three <laughs> seasons of lost uh you know <laughs> yeah uh lord of the flies yeah, yeah. You know, I, swiss family I, robinson I don't think, yeah. <laughs> uh i think it, you know there's like really 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 good movies like i'm trying to think like not, this isn't like the best movie ever, but a few years ago, Manchester by the Sea came out. I've never left a movie being more emotionally devastated. I've never felt the way I felt after watching that movie. It put me in such a place. It's like, I don't want to watch that movie again. I, it was one of the most incredible things I've seen, and I just don't want to see it again. I'm, um, I'm laughing only because I remember I saw you like shortly after you saw that movie, and I remember... <laughs> You talking about it and me personally not knowing if I wanted to see it based on I, I how affected you were. Yeah, it was it shook me, man. Uh, <laughs> it's like I don't want to watch that a bunch. I mean, The Godfather is a different story, mm-hmm. but we could. This is a whole other podcast. Yes, where we could just nip yes, top five a, movies. It is a different so, podcast. Yes, uh, you are right, and but but yeah, thanks for thanks for lobbing in some suggestions from the from the. We should do Desert Island crowd. Office episodes at some point whoa that hey fun. now that's a great we've had requests for to do more fantasy drafts but uh we could draft our our office episodes that could get contentious well because again the list isn't necessarily your favorite as like our first draft that we did i think it was episode two it would just be episodes that you'd watch again and again and again like do you go mm-hmm. for hour longs do you go for you know season one anyway <laughs> it's a careful choice you have to go with very tolerable very i don't know be tough well, something we'll talk about. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Gavin from Tennessee. What's up, guys? This is Gavin. I'm from Tennessee, and I'm trying to catch up on all y'all's podcasts, and I'm listening to the Stanley episode, the one where you pretty much called me out for listening to podcasts at one and a half speed. Oh, no. <laughs> and if anything, you should appreciate the fact that I'm listening at one and a half speed because I'm trying to, you know, catch up and, and listen to all of them. But, man, they're coming out so fast, I can't hardly do it. But, like I said, don't hate, appreciate. Much thanks. See y'all. Thanks, Kevin. I, I started to remember that conversation. I didn't, I didn't think we called – it was like a call out. I think it, it was, was just never like, oh, meant. It's not. It is not personal at all. Yeah. No, I just can't listen. I like to listen at the normal speed. Yeah, I that's personally prefer preference. the. But hey, that's a good as good a reason as any if you're trying to catch up on our show. So thank you for that. Um, I do. We appreciate you a lot, uh, all everyone out there. It so, also anyway. is nice to hear. Like you know, we have we try really hard to put out a show every week. So it is nice to hear that you know we've got a lot to get through, and I think it's nice that we have a lot of content to get through <laughs> when people find the show. So. Yeah, that's awesome. But yes, don't hate appreciate. Yep. All right, let's go to you again. Mariah in Milwaukee. Hi, Michael Scott Pod. My name is Mariah, and I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And my question for you guys is that if you think Holly and Michael would have met in any other context, do you think they would have even dated or fell in love at all? Um, I like to think that if they would have met at improv class, that would have been... <laughs> quite quite an episode but um um yeah that's my question thanks bye Mm. it's a fun to think of different scenarios like if holly wasn't an employee of dunder mifflin how would they have met Mm -hmm. what do you think 
Yeah, first, thanks, Mariah, for that question. I, lo- I do love thinking about this. Uh, now I'm just plugging Holly in different situations from the office. And now I'm thinking about her in the blood drive episode, you know, uh, as, a, as the owner oh, yeah. or manager of a Sid and Dexter's, yeah. uh, <laughs> all the different times <laughs> they could have crossed paths. Selling him a condo. Yeah, um, yeah the land- as a landlady that, that Pam sets up with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I, it's funny because I imagine... Yes, their, their, their love story seems so strong that you would think they get together uh, no matter the circumstance. But at the same time, Michael's capacity to ruin things cannot be overstated. Uh, I know. So I, I, I feel like it would be very difficult for Michael to seem appealing sometimes in different situations. Uh, so that might mm-hmm. be a hurdle. I, it's, it's almost like him and Holly work out because they're physically near each other for an extended period of time and they have – and they're, they're not next to each other out of choice necessarily. You know what I mean? Like on a date or something. Mm-hmm. So the pressure is not totally there. They're just at work. And it gives Michael some time and space to make his mistakes, say things he shouldn't, have it go by, tr- have, try again, try again until uh, it was really clicking with them. So I, it's hard to say if they, just, if they just met once out in public, like say the blood drive, or uh, maybe they go to the same restaurant to eat the world's biggest egg roll um <laughs> and they 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 meet doing that challenge they, it might have worked out they probably would have exchanged numbers i but i don't know you're right i don't know if i would trust michael to make that move uh you can't you can't trust him they would so need I, time to get like they would need an extended conversation time because holly comes in and is very proper or very um she's not nearly as silly and goofy at the beginning of her time in the office she is later on when she's dating michael um i imagine she does drop the yoda voice pretty early yeah well that's the thing they have to be able to engage and talk in that kind of thing for her to say that or to mm-hmm. say i from the future for her to have the opportunity to, to say those kinds of things i'm imagining them now signing up for the fake phone plan and exchanging maybe they exchange numbers and fake names orville tudenbacher <laughs> and fanny smellmore <laughs> that would be funny <laughs> Or like, yeah, you know, something happens and they're not able to ever contact each other because one of them messed it up. That would, that would be really funny. Like, I think the just... blood drive is a perfect example of where that, that they could have gotten together because yeah. Michael is very yeah. endearing. He's sweet and funny in that, in that moment, at least until he goes too far. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah. okay, seriously, yeah. stop. <laughs> Sitting there holding her glove. Type ocean spray. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one thing about their relationship too is when she's she starts out in Scranton, is she on loan or is she always going back to Dashua? I think she's covering because Toby's got Scranton Strangler. Right. I don't think she goes back and forth. No, no, I don't think she's going back and forth, but who's like who's covering her at Nashua? Why didn't that person just take Toby's spot? You know? I don't know. My guess would be AJ, just because I can't think of anybody else at the branch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, What's your life like? <laughs> um, okay. Okay. I guess we That's meet good. the people that Pam uh, uses the mnemonic device on. Mm. But anyway. Uh, I, ca- I got to think about what would be the best scenario for them to meet that would work. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll stick, with, I'll stick with they both try or are. They both are simultaneously trying to eat the world's largest egg roll. Best egg roll, whatever it is. Like Lady in the Tramp okay. style? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chopping at either end. <laughs> they meet in the middle. Realize they're meant for each other. What's the uh, next, all right what's we'll, the next question <laughs> we'll do a few more uh uh let's go to austin in oklahoma city hey guys this is austin from oklahoma city and i just wanted to say i love the show i found you guys about a month ago and have been binging to get caught up and recently listened to the kevin episode and uh, you talked about uh, dwight firing kevin which Reminded me of something I think that's I always kind of bothered me, me about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I love the show, but this is something that's just stuck in my mind. And uh, the fact that I can hear you. Hello, uh, hello, that hello. was able to fire yes, I can hear you. Kevin, even though Michael never could. Uh, I'm sorry, Dwight was able to fire Toby, not Kevin. Dwight was able to able to fire Toby in that finale, and uh, Michael was never able to fire him. And so I wondered what you guys thought if this was a plot hole or if. This is something that has to do with David Wallace taking over uh, or that allowed Dwight to fire Toby. Anyway, I just thought I'd hear what you had to 
say about it. Have a good day. Thank you, Austin. That's a good question. Edwin, why was? How, how come Dwight could fire Toby, but Michael couldn't? Assuming Michael, if he knew he was able to, would have immediately. That's really interesting. I wonder if it, it does seem like HR during Michael's tenure is kind of separate from the rest of the branch. Uh, you know, and uh, I wonder if Michael was just never savvy enough to try to actually do it, you mm-hmm. know, outside of because I hate him. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't, Michael doesn't ever seem to be able to make anything like that happen. Dwight seems to be in his managerial term, much closer to David Wallace, much savvier as a manager to the actual sort of workings of the company. If Dwight wanted to engineer that, I feel like he could in a way that Michael maybe could not. Michael would have to be, I'm imagining, you know, Michael asking somebody about that and then being like, all right, explain like I'm five. Explain like I'm four. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, that would be, that would be my best guess. I believe there's a comment when, uh, in that episode, when I think Oscar's talking about how Toby's been checked out for months or something. Oh yeah. There's right? an episode, well, the episode in Mafia in season six, uh, Oscar's talking about the coalition for reason. And he says, Toby's checked out, been checked out since June. And Toby says, Oscar says I'm checked out, huh? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it does make sense if Toby is more and more checked out, is more focused on his mystery writing, uh, his Chad Flenderman novels, uh, that maybe there would be cause to, to let him go. Yeah, and I would trust that Dwight could surreptitiously be taking very exact notes. Uh, he could be he could be sort of quantifying everything that Toby's not doing and go to David Wallace and be like, sorry, Toby's done. He's just worthless now. Do you think that Dwight has a bit of a grudge against Toby because he never did anything with those complaints that he used to file about against Jim? Oh, he might. From conflict resolution in season two. Yeah, he was like, for years, I've been going through the appropriate routes to get things done in a corporate structure, and it never happens. And Jim and it just sits fired. in a box under Toby's desk. Yeah, exactly. Including his, uh, his weapons report that he was so excited to fill out. I've never gotten <laughs> to fill out the firearm sheets. That's one of my favorite Toby moments. Yeah. I've never uh, thought about that before, whether or not uh, Dwight has some sort of animosity towards Toby because of all that. But Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Okay, uh, let's go to Mike from Philadelphia. Hey, guys, Mike Cullen from Dundon, Mifflin, Philadelphia. Um, I didn't catch up. I probably listened to like 29, I think, episodes, and then I just started listening to the end one. So I listened to 29 and then like 79 through 82. I was just thinking about it when um, Roy comes over and he says some of the other guys are making fun of him. Do you think they were teasing him about Jim and Pam, I mean, I don't know. The warehouse guys don't really know the office people, but I guess I thought it might be funny if, like, you know, they were teasing Roy about Jim spending time with Pam. Maybe they were outside and they saw them, you know, physically interacting, and Roy went over there to make sure they weren't getting too close. I don't know. Weird thing, you know, shows a side of Roy that you don't often see. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, that's a good question. That That is a stand out we didn't really talk about that moment so much in the fire recently um when when roids you know comes over and needs a break from those guys they can be real they can be assholes sometimes um that's a good theory i like that they were they said something about jim and pam and that roy was was losing his place um i could see that we don't get it a ton but there is sort of that simmering uh idea that the warehouse kind of have a little bit of disdain or contempt for the, mm-hmm. uh, the upstairs people. Val says they call them popsicles. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nate always thought it was because they were so rich, they could afford to eat popsicles every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess that's probably a good point. I mean, we see Roy come in and be really jealous of, of uh, Jim and Pam when they're interacting in the Alliance. And maybe he did talk to the warehouse guys about that. Maybe that is something that they could point over and be like, hey, Roy, look at this. Um, I do, I am curious so much about what the nature of the warehouse would have been had they been, had Patrice O'Neill not passed away and he had Mm -hmm. been a longer lasting, more recurring character as, as Lonnie, um, in what that sort of vibe of the warehouse guys would be. But that's a really interesting point. They do. He doesn't elaborate besides those guys can be jerks or assholes or whatever he says. Daryl, they're so elegant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, a couple more here. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a fun. Katie from, uh, from Alabama. 
What up? <laughs> hey, what's up? This is um, Katie in Alabama. Um, and I just, sorry, I cracked myself up. Um, I just wanted to call and say I love the show. I'm a huge fan. Um, I joined you on Patreon, and oh, you're probably you. already sick of me because I sent you a bunch of stuff. And then, honestly, like, even the people that comment questions for you, I answer them, like, as if they, <laughs> as if anybody cares what I have to say. But I answer everybody else's questions in the comments. I'm sure that they don't like that. But, listen, I just wanted to say, love the show. I'm definitely in the James gang because, as hey. we know, everything um, the Ronnie X think and say is wrong. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just um, but listen, I thought, um, if you guys want, I might record like that B side of the, uh, paper company song. Um, I'll just give you like a little preview. I'm alone in my car. Um, I'm not driving, but I am a little bit drunk. That's the only reason I had the courage to do this. So I'll give you like a little preview. Cause as you know, like it's kind of hard to record stuff. So I'm not really here for it. Um, but I will, like, if you guys like this, I'll record it. And maybe we could even get, like, some other people, like, right? Like, some other listeners, we could, like, do the harmonies together and stuff and do, like, a fan song. Um, fun, all right, man. so let me see. Here we go. Um, out of paper, out of stock, there's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from Woo! the chains that are causing your pain. Call Edwin and Alex, Sean Roney, call Microsoft <laughs> Podcast Company, you're calling Dunder, Miss Plano, Dunder, Miss Plano. I don't know. Like, maybe drop some shit like that. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, like, maybe we could do, like, some back. So casual know, about you guys. it. Honestly, again, drink some sangria. Had a good day today. Listening to the podcast as per <laughs> use. Makes me feel a lot better. I feel like I got some buddies in the room. You guys, I will say on the trivia, get it together. Like, where's your head at? So many times. I'm just like, guys, seriously? And you'll like answer your own trivia in the one before. And it's like, my friends, you must like build your memory up. Like, go to the memory academy that Toby goes to. <laughs> And then one day you'll be able to remember all the trivia and like a whole deck of playing cards, right? Like some of those people can just flip them. All right, look, this is like gone off the rails at this point. If there was a way to delete this and re-record, I probably would. So I might see if there is. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. That was Thank great. you. That was great. Thank you, Katie. That, that was a long one, listeners. I, we just, we try not to play ones that are that go too long, but that was just too funny. And we got a song in it. That was song great. Was great, yeah, it was so nice. Oh we got to get Edwin and Katie together, get a little little collaboration going. Uh, Harmony duo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it, and she did a little customization for us mm-hmm. into it. Um, uh, was there even a? Oh, there wasn't even a question in there, was there? Nope. Uh, except to call us out for the trivia, which is fair. I mean. I, I, you can't yeah. really call Edwin out that much. I forget, like when I'm putting the trivia together, like I, I forget the answers because I, I was I was doing it so much and I'm just constantly looking at stuff and it just goes in mm-hmm. and out. I don't retain it. Um, is I will say there's nothing more frustrating than when you know in your head that you've this question has come up before. And I know the answer's like, not right at hand. I looked. I up also the script, imagine I typed up the answer and I cannot <laughs> remember at all what the answer was. I also imagine too, like as a listener, like the experience, like it's easy to recall stuff uh, versus when you're kind of on the spot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wonder too, I'm, I'm just curious, like people who binge the show might hear those episodes a lot closer together than we've recorded them, which is only to say like, you know, if somebody goes through the show in a, in a, in a couple months, that, we, that could be several months in between recordings for us. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, not, not, not wrong. <laughs> by any stretch not wrong but yes uh hope you didn't drive home there katie wherever you were in your car drinking sangria all right last voicemail we're gonna do today uh and this comes from cj in tampa hey uh my name is cj i'm from tampa florida i literally just called you like two minutes ago because i was talking about phyllis's affair but now at the end of fan theories you're talking about sex positions related to the office called the Dundee, where you have sex and you laugh at something that was on the office because the office is playing in the background during sex. Um, I had sex to the office episode where Pam comes back to the bar with everyone and date night, date Mike. 
Um, and Kevin keeps making the fucking crying noises on her so that her boobs <laughs> start leaking milk. And I cannot watch that episode without thinking about how I was having sex and having to hear Kevin go, wah, wah. <laughs> So anyways, that's all. Have a good day. <laughs> oh man that's uh, what just killed me uh, it's just too funny <laughs> that's oh, oh man thank you for calling anyway <laughs> had to share that thank you cj that's great yeah uh we're here for any more stories people have like that i uh, want to hear them all it's hilarious um all right we do have some trivia really quick though i just want to oh yeah throw this in there because we did get a voicemail as well uh we're not going to play it. They asked us not to play it, but it was, it, uh, it, we got it from a teacher who uh, actually was the teacher of the, the kids who played the twins uh, when Cece was, uh, Cece the baby was played by two twins and they would swap in and out. Cece and Pee Pee. Cece and Pee Pee, exactly. Uh, anyway, I just think that's wild because we had a, di- a while ago, we had a different teacher of uh, an older someone else who played Cece later on in the show. Uh, call in and then we just had the other teacher who was for the twin cc's for the babies has also called into the show we have now heard from all the teachers of the cc's i just thought that was kind of wild that's just kind of cool that we heard from both of them so crazy anyone else out there teach teach want to teach a child on the office get, get a hold of us i want to hear crazy from world a lot of teachers a lot of teachers all right <laughs> let's wrap up with some trivia all right Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. All right, uh, a couple short trivias here uh, from two different people. First one is from Logan. Now, I don't know if this is, I don't think this is Logan. Cover your ears, Logan, when we swear. I don't think it's, I don't think it's (laughs) the boy. Uh, It's a different Logan. But he has, he has some, uh, he says, fairly hard condo theme trivia all around Michael's condo. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, let's go. Uh, by the way, he says he is a condominium owner, um, and a former condom user, which is funny. I think he's, he got married. Okay. Uh, number one, which two celebrities possibly live in Michael's condo complex? M. Night Shulman and Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, very good. M. Night Shyamalan, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah I like M. Night Shulman. <laughs> uh, oh, what brand of beer is advertised in Michael's neon sign? Uh, St. Pauli girl. Very correct. Uh, okay, what four things suddenly go wrong when Michael gets cold feet about signing the closing contract? What goes? Uh, the uh, the carpenter ants. Yes. The oven burner. Yeah, the, the burner. Loose. The burner plates yeah. come off the stovetop. Um, where are all the hot people? Yes. Uh, <laughs> wow. And then what's number four? I don't know. The ceilings have been lowered. Uh, gosh, I don't remember. It's the ceilings have ceilings. been lowered. I was going to say yeah, something about yeah. the cathedral ceilings. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, number four. How does Carol save Michael $2,000 on closing costs? Mold. Yeah, failed right. to report a mold problem. Very good. Uh, what does Michael list as being the two coolest things about his master bedroom? Cathedral ceilings? Yes. Um... What is the other one? He's going to get a big TV. Yeah, similar. It's cable readiness. TV. Cable, ah, cable readiness. readiness. Yes. The cathedral ceilings and cable readiness. Logan also notes. Also, why does he want to put his TV on the opposite wall from the cable jack? Yeah. Good question. Um, I just, is- I'm thinking now, I just can't get out of my head. Do I think even like neighbor throws his wife into the wall? <laughs> yeah, right. Here's the next one. What question. a ridiculous thing to say. I know. <laughs> next question. What does Dwight hear through the thin walls? Trumpet or trombone practice? No, you're close. You're different instrument, but you're right. Clarinet or saxophone? No, no. Stringed Tuba. instrument. Oh, uh... Large stringed instrument. Piano? Bassoon? That's wow. not a string instrument. Cello? <laughs> piano and bassoon? Although piano is a string piano instrument. Piano is a string instrument. Cello? It Bass? is cello, yes. Right. It's a cello and a dad yelling, you're not practicing. That's <laughs> great. Cello... Uh, uh, what is Michael's address? Uh, two two five one. Uh, I don't know what is yeah, it. I don't know why I rung the bell. Uh, it's one two six Kellum Court. 
Oh wow, that's I would not. Have, I did not know that. Now this is a kind of a throw a dart and see if you get it right. But this was the tiebreaker, which is the closest guest wins. How many lit candles, as in not in the storage room, are seen throughout the house during dinner party? Twenty-six. Oh, thirty-two. Pretty close. Okay. Shout out to Logan, though. I'm, I think the only way you get that answer is, is straight up pausing and yeah, counting. Yeah, frame by yeah. frame, yeah. Well done. Well done. Thank you so much for that, Logan. And now let's go to a second round Serenity here. by Jan and trivia by Logan. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to another short trivia set here uh, okay. from Darren, who writes. This is just sort of random random trivia. Who are the, who are the other set of men that duel over Angela? It's like John Mark and John Paul or something like that. Oh, so close. John Mark and John David. Ah, that's right. You got too close to the Beatles with your answer. Uh, <laughs> what are the names of Joe Bennett's Great Danes? Ah. Uh, I can hear her saying them. Well, I don't know. What is it? What is it? Callie and Joe Jr. Joe Jr. Mm-hmm. And who are they going to be in a commercial with? Dwight Howard. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh Oh, speaking of, finals is about to tip off. Dwight Howard getting a ring. Can you believe it if that happens? All right. Uh, What was the name of the drive-in that Kevin used to go to? No. I was going to say the Starlight Drive-in, but that's the Starlight Diner that Ryan wants to take. Uh, Anyway. Americana Centerfold. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What is it? It's the Circle Drive-in. Circle Drive-in. Okay. The Circle Drive-in. It's like eating a hot circle of garbage. <laughs> I had to play that one. Uh, who does Angela say Hillary Swank looks like? I don't know. What is it? A, a female Boris Becker. Oh, a female Boris Becker. Okay, yes, yeah. I get it. Okay, yeah, she's hot. She's hot as heck. She's a female Boris Becker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's hot. She's hot as heck. Uh, okay, uh, what does Kevin... Kevin deserves to lose. Sorry. What, sorry. what does Kevin call the vending machines? Like he, he refers to it, says, uh, a vending machine is like what? It's like a store. You're so I, close. It's a supermarket that only takes quarters. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, all right. That's all. That's all. Uh, he also threw in, and I love this at the end that his, his go-to office trivia team name is we were never given a name. <laughs> that's, a oh, great, that's very good. That's a really good call. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Darren. For your trivia, thank you, Logan, and thank you to everyone who called in. Uh, we truly appreciate it. All the Absolutely, engagement, it's 100%. awesome. We got so many voicemails, and I know we uh, on our Patreon show we we answer a bunch of notes and emails and everything else that people send us. But we do want to, as we advertise the voicemails on every show, we want to connect with the roots, and and every now mm-hmm. and then we'll clear out our voicemail cues. So if you send in voicemails, you know, stay tuned. Uh, we may get to it. We may not. If we don't get to your voicemail, we're sorry. It's it's a it's too much work we don't have the bandwidth to go through every single one and often uh it's if we passed on it it's something that we've either talked about in an episode before or it's something that's come up so uh again there's a lot of reasons why but please don't take it personally we're we, we just yes. get a, you guys are so great we just have so many of them and but we do truly truly appreciate it mm-hmm. um this is the part sean does but uh i'll do our little mentions here so uh we have a ways you can send us voicemails you can call that number at 503-694-9314 that's 503-694-9314 you can leave us a question comments uh leave us some quiz leave a hot take uh sing a song in your drink some sangria get in your car sing us a song uh we'll take it sangria, all Sangria, bag of vegetables oh, pretty Boom, soon it's time baby. for bed a head of raw broccoli just go for it uh we are on facebook we are on twitter at michael scott uh michael scott pod on instagram michael scott podcast company and our website is michael scott pod.com any of those avenues you can send us questions comments we'd love to hear from you also please join us on patreon where for five dollars a month you can become a member of scott's tots where you get access to a our exclusive monthly tots only episode you get a private podcast feed we go through every question and comment that you guys leave and it's a much more of a hangout podcast with, uh, it's not nearly as formal as this one, as, although calling that this one formal. I was going to say we're known for being very, very formal. Very formal. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's much more of just a hangout with us while we go through your questions and talk. And uh, we also put our videos um, that whenever we record our episodes, we put them up there eventually. 
all sorts of other stuff. Plus, uh, a, a portion, almost half of our proceeds from Patreon, we are donating to organizations and institutions that help fund education opportunities for minorities, my, minority students, uh, which is the mission that Michael Scott could not achieve with the real Scott's Tots. But in the fake Scott's Tots, our Patreon group, you can contribute to that monthly donation. It is ongoing um, and we'd like to get that number bigger and bigger and bigger so we can send that money onwards to people that need it. So um, yeah, become a, become a part of something bigger. Join Scott's Tots on Patreon. May your hats fly as high as your dreams. Uh, <laughs> special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who does all our artwork and helps with our social media. Yes. Uh, thank you as always for listening. We appreciate every single one of you who interacts with us, listens with us, hangs out with us. Um, Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Don't hate. Appreciate. And no thanks. No thanks at all to Sean Roney. None whatsoever this week. <laughs> Pippity poppy, give me the zombie. Yes, yes, sir. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.